Welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler. Here with my co-host, Ben Bateman and Michael Grothy. What's up, team? What's up, Michael? Welcome back to the show. You were on hiatus for a week. I'm glad to see you're here again. I played Commander last night. It was without you. I was sad about it. I have so many questions. I have so many thoughts. I was Um, in the chat. Yeah, yeah, I saw. He was there supporting, (laughs) making jokes. About mere superion. Yeah, there was not enough uh, superions in that game. People were disappointed. No, the people's the people superion. Look, if they had made Grand Architect legendary, yeah, we'd be true. seeing more mere superions. They, in they, if I could they, just build they a did. commander they deck, they did make. Him. Oh, they did. Yeah, Urza. That, Urza that's, is... that's not <laughs> as fun as Grand Architect. That's <laughs> like literally did that. Uh, maybe because Ben asked for it for years. Um, so it's, yeah, Urza's like my favorite card that also makes me so sad because it's literally just they added a blue mana symbol and made it ten times as good as Grand Architect. Like it's it's like it's not even it's not even like one mana better it's offensively better it's like such a good card it makes grand architect look like it should be a freaking common that's how good urza is compared to grand architect yeah it, it takes Whoa. the challenge out of it lightning bolt's a common you look at grand <laughs> architect and you're like how do i make this good you look at urza and you're like oh well i guess well it's done already i did it i did it, I did it. um i would let you turn zero and play with Mercipurian as a as a commander even I, I would even like consider as a partner commander. Like you get one other legend plus your superior. Grand Architect. <laughs> yeah, fine, easy. <laughs> Just Grand Architect comes with your superior for free. Is it better than Urza? I still think it's worse than Urza. You cast you you cast Grand Architect and it makes a five six. Like yeah. it just makes a golem. That's what happens. But like you cast Urza and you get the what the, you do that happens yeah. right. You cast Urza and you get a zero zero. That's equal uh, how many artifacts you have to play. Doesn't cost you a card. It doesn't. Well, that, it Mercipurian also. It would be in your command <laughs> zone, so it also would not cost you a card. Mm. Fair. So we, well, as much <laughs> as I want to talk about Mercipurians tonight, <laughs> that unfortunately is not what the show is about. Uh, so yeah, so uh, t- tonight, so so we um, as a podcast uh, have existed in the world that COVID has as well, and as also you know, obviously, I have expressed many times interest in formats like Commander, as has Michael, as has Marshall, and as had many a person, and we've all been uh, not all of us, but me and Ben have both been on game nights um and on the command zone a few times so so uh yes we like commander and due to covid and kind of the restrictions of it it is one of the best ways to kind of play with friends in a safe way through digital means and so um we wanted to do kind of an episode on like how to what what is kind of doing what what, for a modern player someone like ben who classically dislikes commander i have tried getting him to play commander for our entire friendship uh and have succeeded less than 20 times i think we were talking that that might be an overestimate and it might be less than 10 times i've gotten him to play commander in his life and um we want to kind of talk to like for someone who wouldn't really like multiplayer and and, and an avid modern player what are some of the things that would make commander more exciting? Is that something useful to him? How, how would you play then? How would you transfer kind of that skill set and that play style that you like there to a multiplayer format like commander? Um, and uh, kind of the beginning of that. So, so this last Monday we did um, a, uh, our first commander live stream. We're going to try doing more commander live streams moving forward uh, on Monday evenings, uh, or the next one will be Monday evening. So, so if you're listening to this, we released this episode Friday. Uh, on Monday, the I don't have a calendar in front of me, so it's the 14th, 13th, 20th, Monday the 20th. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, we will be doing another commander stream uh, at 8:30 p.m. PST um, on the YouTube channel and as well as my Twitch channel, Kess Wiley. 
Um, and then Ben is also doing more streaming in general. But uh, part of that is just getting Ben into formats like Commander and, and, and seeing seeing what would make him enjoy it more than he has classically and what are different issues he's had with the format. Um, and on top of that, uh, talk a little bit about COVID. Also, I do want to do a big shout out to the channel and celebration. Uh, this is the two year anniversary of our first video upload on YouTube or yesterday was Monday. Wow. Um, yeah. So we are we are two years into being a youtube channel two years of you knowing what we all look like instead of mysteriously being on the other side of an audio format podcast and it's funny when we started the youtube channel um the whole kind of idea was like we've been a podcast already for over four years or almost four years at that point i think um so let's find you know let's start a youtube channel why not right like we had always thought about it we hadn't done it and we did, and it kind of grew slowly. And we're not that far from 10,000 subs, mm -hmm. which is pretty pretty fun and pretty cool to have grown from a just purely audio podcast. Um, this was kind of an incidental launch, and now it feels like now it feels like the show as a video show is just that's what we do. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I I see the audio numbers, but I still feel like I get to interact with you guys. I see you when I talk to you here. Um, I guess that was the same case when we were recording in person. But even so, it just I don't know. This feels like a show to me now. Um, for some reason. And so I'm glad, I'm really glad the channel has grown. And if you guys are watching and you have not already hit subscribe, let's get to 10,000. I, yeah. I, I know we can do it. I know we can do it in the next little while. And I know for sure, like we did a poll on the MMCast Twitter a week ago or earlier or over the weekend. And it was basically like, where do you listen the most? Right. Where, where, where do you listen to the masters of honor podcast? And it was like, 50% listen audio only 30% uh, watch the video on the YouTube channel. And then like 20% was like, we don't listen. <laughs> um, and but that means there's, you know, there's a ton of audio listeners that we love and would love if you can check out the YouTube channel because there's going to be more content there, right? We're, 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 we already have the hot take videos that come out once a week. Um, sometimes that content isn't included in the audio feed, especially when it's the non sequitur content. Um, we have uh, the live stream Commander games that we're now going to be doing that will have kind of more of talk showy format. We'll, we'll get into what, some of the strengths of Commander in that way in a second. And and also, you know, I've done some direct camera videos. I've, we were doing deck techs there. So it's definitely a really cool place if you love the audio or even if you're just watching this in video all the time, make sure to like and subscribe because that helps you get alerted when we come out with new content or we go live, um, which is always fun. And people seem to like it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I'm... So I'm, I'm really excited about the ninth episode to talk about this because I think it's a conversation that we've had offline many times. Um, obviously, the three of us in the office and hanging out talking about magic. This is a frequent topic of conversation. And I, I, I now feel that I've played enough games of Commander like that I have real questions to ask, not just like, it's not my favorite. <laughs> so mm -hmm. here's the reasons why, because they were kind of uneducated claims before. And I feel like I, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to ask you guys these questions. So I want to remind everybody here, I already mentioned subscribe, leave a comment below. That's one of the main things we don't actually ask for that often. Honestly, YouTube videos, guys, for those of you that don't know, the algorithm favors comments over almost anything else. So when the video's over and you're watching, just leave a comment. Be like, yeah, this was a cool episode talking about this commander, or I want to see more of this. Um, and and actually, a like, few hundred comments on a video it just really goes like this. Yeah, and, and on relevance, it'll be relevant to the episode. We'd love to hear what you think the best uh, commander is for tempo play. So if you want to be a tempo player in commander, what is the best commander? And if you have a deck list, that's even better. So please post in the comments. Or if you have issues with commander that you feel like we didn't adequately cover on the episode, or if you think like, I don't like the commander because X and we don't really go over it, or you think we didn't do a good enough job going over it, let us know in the comments. Yeah. So yeah, that hits both sides of the audience, the people that play Commander and the people that don't. And we'd love to hear from both of you.
Yeah, I mean, we part of the reason that we're talking about Commander a lot now is because uh, in quarantine, uh, we're all Paper Magic fans, and going to like F and M or going to a friend's house and like playing games, everybody's there. You can kind of huddle around one person's modern game, and while you're like in between games or whatever, you can like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, and it's like very social. But now, uh, you know, in the U.S., we can't uh, do that. It's illegal. So, uh, <laughs> so we're and also, and also very, foolish very as well. Yeah. Foolish as well. And so. So in order to get that social interaction, like it's not the same playing Magic Online, even if I was playing with Magic Online against Alex on Discord, it's not the same as being at FNM, right? right? And we could do paper modern where we like have webcams, but it's still just one one on one. There's two of us in a channel. I guess we can get somebody else watching us play, but then that person doesn't get to play. Um, so what's nice about Commander is that you, it really is like hanging out with a group of your friends while you're playing Magic together um, in a way that like you can't really do. Anymore. otherwise very easily yeah and, like, um, and so. even like if you were doing 1v1 commander maybe you just have two decks right if like i only have one deck and ben only has one deck that's it and eventually like there's a reason that wizards and uh, works towards and we advocate and as most content or most mag magic players advocate for the format of modern to be diverse right because if modern was only one format or only one deck it would be boring so if i'm if me and you are playing and you have Tron and that is the only modern deck you have, I eventually am going to stop playing with you because I don't want to play against Tron 600 times in a row over the last six months. And so when you're able to play in groups, you can either play against different people or even switch decks out who you're, you know, borrow your friend's deck to get better at. And none of that's really available as part of a social experience where Commander lets you play against more people at once in a more varied environment and, and does have a lot of potential with that. And is there is a growing... It is one of the versions of Paper Magic that seems to be a growing community. Um, and so, you know, that's, yeah. So a big shout out to our uh, Nobles of House Modern. Before we get into the main topic of the episode, we've got Cam Albergini, Andrew Kelso, and Brandon S. Russell. Big time uh, uh, drink up with the pinky. Pinkies, pinkies up pinky to the houses. Pinkies up. Nobles of House Modern. Thank you, guys. Uh, that's the, the, the Nobles of House Modern meet we hang out with for about 15 minutes in a private uh, Discord chat before we tape the show every week. So if you guys are interested in becoming a part of that, join the Storm tier. Um, I believe, actually, go, go look at the tiers, patreon.com slash the MMcast. You can see all the cool stuff on there. But so, Alex, I kind of want to start with a topic here, you know, as far as the, the commander versus modern conversation. I want to start with the topic of if you are somebody who classically does not like to play with more than one person, like if you just don't like that experience, how can Commander be fun for you? Well, if you like absolutely hate it, if you don't want to play with more than one person at a time, I don't know how. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> if you get like allergies from being around more than two people at once, I don't know how to fix that problem. I do think that I, my question is why, right? Like that, that I think is more an answer is because there's generally a reason you don't want that. Is it because... If you, you know, obviously there's the extremely introverted and don't want to talk to people. I can't solve that. That's a, that's a thing. Uh, but if it, if it's more like gameplay reasons or, or, or play style that you think is not available, what are those reasons? So my question to you, Ben, would be as a follow up, why would you not want to play with more than one V one? Well, okay. So I'm a social person. I, uh, I mean, somewhat, but I like being around people. I enjoy <laughs> Alex people. laughs when I say that. Um, um an extroverted introvert. Um, I like being around, I like being around groups of people. I certainly, and, and this is the background just for everybody who knows this as far as commander goes. I mean, I played my first games of commander when I was in high school, like back when it was elder dragon Highlander, there was no commander product. It was, I, I've played with like, uh, uh, Una, 
I had like had an Una deck and it was really sweet. I had like a lot of fun playing with all my friends. We'd go to a Denny's and we'd stay up super, super late. And it was great. It was a great time. Um, and it was before I ever sort of had adopted competitive magic. I hadn't really started to crack that code of like competitive deck building. And so I think the further I got into that sort of controllable, I want to control all of these resources to be able to accomplish my goal and have total control over it. That's when I think the multiplayer aspect started to lose me because it's very hard to contend with politics if you're trying to control the game state by just managing your resources. That's, I think, where the separation happens. And so that, for me, is, I think, the biggest detractor is I have a hard time. My brain, like, melts when the politics come into play because I have a hard time with it, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 so, so I guess your, your issue is kind of like because you're playing against three other people, they can decide to gang up. And or they can decide to do something that doesn't make sense that maybe you were counting on. So someone might not make just the correct decision every turn. And that's the only thing you can expect to happen. And therefore, that can mess up your game plan. Would that be a correct way and kind of saying? I think that's a good I think that's a good statement to make. Right. And I think I think what I've learned from watching other commander players is this. Uh, and, And I. I'm not the only player who likes to play 1v1 magic. I'm not the only tempo player. I'm not the only player who likes to go one for one with counter spells. Mm-hmm. There are millions of us. And lots of those players play commander. Um, they have just figured out a way to take advantage of like the rules within commander in a way that I haven't figured out yet. So I can tell you the deck that I played last night was a Sig River Cutthroat mm-hmm. deck. That's the deck that I recently kind of built. It wasn't like a year ago I built it. But, um, you know, and Sig River Cutthroat, for those guys that are listening that don't know, it's a Shadow Moor card. It's a two drop, one three the end of each player's turn if any opponent of yours has lost three life you draw an extra card so the idea with the card when i built it was like i'll play this on turn two then i'll just have counter spells and lots of like incremental damage if one opponent attacks another opponent i can still draw off of it like this will be a great way to on turn start incrementally drawing cards so my deck is full of ponders and you know cheap counter spells and all kinds of interaction and what i have found playing the deck is it just feels like drawing an extra card even an extra couple cards a turn kind of underpowered but I don't want to play things that cost five and six and seven and eight because that's not the type of magic that I like to play. So I don't understand how to bridge those two styles. That's kind of where I leave it off. And, and I think my answer to that would be, and we have we asked Twitter, like, because because basically the, the thesis is you want to play tempo and commander, right? Like, that's that's kind of where you're at. You it's, yeah. you don't really want to play control, I think. Would that be correct? Like, because there are ways to play control and commander, but they're much stacksier. They're kind of what I did, right? Where, like, I was able to put together a combo that involved um, not land tax. What's the land I had in play? Glacial chasm. Glacial chasm. Glacial chasm. Not chasm, chasm. <laughs> uh, and um, different ways to recur it for my graveyard to make it so that I couldn't take damage, right? So I, I was able to put a pretty hard control onto the format. You can also be control with a lot of like board wipes and, you know, destroy all like a Chroma's Vengeance and Merciless Eviction type stuff, since there's like typically more than creatures you have to deal with. But you can do like a lot of board wipes, a little bit of one for one removal, maybe some counter spells. But in general, like, if you, if like Alex plays a threat and you counter it with counter spell, now you are down a card, Alex is down a card. In 1v1, it's fine, right? You just won for one. But in multiplayer, there's two other players, or in, you know, assuming right. a four player commander game, there's two other players who are not down a card. So you can't play the whole game like that. You need to be playing Wrath of God and getting like nine of your collective opponent's cards for your one. Um, and that's kind of how you make up the difference. And what I would say one of the issues in I a control deck. Well, and one one of the issues I've had as a commander player is I also classically like to lend myself to control, right? Even in modern blue eye control and Jund, who I'd argue is mid range, but I like definitely am leading builds towards controller shells. Um, 
in in modern I play the same way, right? Malfagor is a is a staxy. I'm wiping the board a bunch of times and building up a like an engine of, of value. In in Geist, I have a a bunch of board. I've like at one point I had eight board wipes. I've cut that down because that was too many because <laughs> they all don't do anything after the first one. Um, but you know, and all of the cast decks I have are are, are different versions of control. Um, and there are ways to kind of mitigate that, right? Like as, as Michael said, you, you benefit with that, you know, you play stuff like cryptic command, right? Where, or, or counter spells that do gain you an advantage. Um, you can also just, you know, make sure you have card draw engines that build up, right? Like there's stuff that like Ristic study is a great example is a card that draws you a lot of cards accidentally because people don't want to pay the one. <laughs> pay for it. Right. I mean, um, yeah, you, when you played the Ristic study, I thought it was amazing because and I've seen it played in Commander a million times, but you played Ristic Study, and I and I, I found myself looking at it and thinking, you're going to draw so many more cards off this Ristic Study than I have drawn off of my Commander, because I don't care if you draw cards because it's Commander. And then I was like, this is a stupid Commander. Why did I do this? <laughs> no one should care if I draw cards. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing about Ristic Study, and it's the thing about a lot of it that I feel like Ben is maybe getting at, which is when you have that many opponents, like you can't, you just can't play around everything. Right. Like when you're playing 1v1, you kind of maybe you know the matchup, maybe you don't, but you can see what mana your opponent has open. You can kind of think like, well, this is what they might do. So I'd better hold up a counter spell or like I'd better remove their creature because I know they're going to play, you know, a sort of feast and famine or something. And like in, in modern, for example, like you're always making sure that your answers are lining up with their threats or vice versa. And you want to like try and predict what they're going to do. But in commander, you have three opponents. You can't predict what all of them are going to do. You can be like, well, that person has enough mana to play their commander, so maybe I should hold up a counter spell. But beyond that, there's just too much going on. There's so much variance in everybody's decks. There's tons of like everything's a one of. You have tons of different tons of opponents. You like can't pay attention to everything that's going on. Playing commander optimally is like extremely difficult to impossible. So you kind of just have to do your best. And I think that's hard for a lot of like either competitive players or typically one v one players because you're like not used to just kind of like giving up some of the control of the game um because it's too much right and alex i'd love to know what you think about this but so we just touched on something which is like when you come over from 1v1 magic you have certain understandings about if you do x y or z you'll probably win the game one of those classic ones is card advantage if i outdraw you two to one in a 1v1 game there's a very high likelihood i'll win the game if one of your opponents in commander outdraws you two to one it's not that likely they're going to win the game because there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of other variables than just drawing cards. There are very swingy, very powerful things going on. So I'd love to know you guys, what are some of the sort of 1v1 truisms in Magic don't really apply to Commander? Well, I guess I guess, I guess, guess a couple of things what you said. One, I actually think modern Magic, not necessarily modern the format, but Magic in general, has moved a little bit away from just card advantage guarantees win, right? Like the the there's an argument that modern has become more about you know whoever can win their way with haymakers eventually is going to be the person that's more successful and no matter how many like there's a reason delver of secrets hasn't been good in modern forever and and part of that is that ponder aren't available and and you know death shadow is the version of that that has been playable but like also just tempo is harder in that format because i'm trying to get in a four five for one and you're playing primeval titan and winning on turn four so it, there there are challenges there right and, and and i think that does carry over the commander and some of that might be commander influencing modern um or other formats i do think that card advantage does is valuable in in, in commander right like I, I disagree with the statement that if i if i draw five cards and my opponents don't i'm ahead now it depends what those cards are right like i think one of the mistakes i noticed with the sig deck you were playing 
is you are playing like like cantrips can be good in commander. They just you have to eke ev- more out of them. So, uh, for instance, Cass uh, of the two cast decks I have, the first one I have is playing like eight uh, cantrips, one one mana cantrips, like right up right up your alley. But because Cass can buy them back because a lot of cards care about how many instants and sorceries are in your grave because it's like an instants and sorceries themed deck. Me casting those isn't just draw a card, one mana, get a better card, right? It's draw a card, it's draw a card, get a better card, then trigger three things. Plus I can rebuy it with Kess once it's in the graveyard and fuel all these other spells. So there's you, if you're going to play with effects like that, that are very fun, you just want to be eking out of them a little bit more than you would in a modern tempo game where you're just using them for card filtering. And I totally, and I had put some of that in there, right? So like, for instance, the, the deck is playing Tauran. That's, you know, the deck is playing like Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time. It's trying to take I it I saw a Rune Chanter's Pike in there. Yeah, Pike. I mean, Pike, honestly, I was I was like one play sequence away from killing Alex with the Pike. I mean, that's the whole idea. So you have Inkmoth, Nexus, and Pike. And so you can, you know, like there was, there was, I killed, I believe I killed Carson with the Pike oh, yeah, on yeah. Flyer. Yeah. And I Pike think the whole them. idea was that I think the whole idea is that like Inkmoth Nexus with Pike and a bunch of tutors, I should be able to one-shot certain players at certain times. When I think of Commander, by the way, just sort of, and this is maybe my magical Christmas land of like the way I think about it. Like when I built Sig, it was like, okay, there's going to be three people and I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to hit my land drops. I'm going to draw cards. I'm going to sculpt my perfect hand and I'm going to wait for my opening and I'm going to like one, two punch this person. And then the next turn, this person won't see this thing coming. And then I'll be one V one with this other person and I'm a better player. So I'll win. That's never going to work, but that's the way my brain is like, I'll take them out. Like I'll, I'll, I'll see the opening. Like with you, Alex, you know, you had, you had maze of Ith and glacial chasm. At one point I like demonic tutored for myself for the past so that, or, or vamp tutored for it. So that I figured you were going to let the glacial chasm die. I would instant speed, remove your graveyard in response to some trigger to get rid of your land thing. You were going to have, you know, and then I was going to pike you with the Inkmoth Nexus holding open mana drain for Progenitus to have a huge turn. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do all these things, but it just doesn't go the way you imagine it. And then you're left with like one bad sequence and you can't quite get there. Well, I mean, so two things. One, that happens in, in, in modern, like you could, in, in, for all, all intents and purposes, I was the Lantern player, right? Like I literally had what Lantern Lock does going on with a four player game, but I basically was put in a position where I was manipulating the top of my graveyard, making it so like I like could ignore most of what you guys were doing, but, and just counter the things that stopped me from winning the game, right? And that's like kind of what Lantern does, right? It just is like, oh, I don't care if you draw five yeah. fours, I have bridge in play and you're never going to be able to attack me. I didn't say bridge from below, I dodged that one. <laughs> There's only one bridge one. in modern now. Crushed so it. It's Crushed easy. it. <laughs> People keep wanting to unban bridge uh, from below and that's nonsense because then I might have to say it Crashing again. drawbridge? Are you going to start calling it crashing drawbridge no, now from Eldraine? I, I have no fear. If that card starts seeing play though, I'm wrecked. I just have no, <laughs> Battle I have no bridge. chance. Battle of the bridge. Um, I'm trying to think of other bridges Ooh, yes battle of the bridge yeah, yeah. yeah. i do want to yeah. i do want to before we move on a little bit do want to do a big shout out a uh, rune catcher's pike is a uh, ru- rune chanter's pike is the business and all commander players who have spell decks you should be playing it i've killed more people out of kess a deck that has like very strong control and like uh, combo finishes in available i've killed more people with rune chanter's pike than any other card it's like it's kind i of, love that card that was insane. it was if you guys don't remember back in standard Back in Standard, when it was in Standard and Delver decks, that card was like the game winner. You'd attack for like 13. It's like, that card's really sweet. And like, especially if you're in Commander where you're like, I'll just set up this Ink Moth Nexus that no one really sees coming in my spell deck. And then I'll just like 
Soothe us yeah. up and attack you for 14 poison, and like you're just dead. Right. It's like pretty innocuous, yep. but it also has first strike, which makes blocking a lot of the gigantic threats in Commander actually pretty solid. Like, well, and and just- like, and and every Commander in Commander has a version of infect, right? Like because Commander damage exists, if you strap that onto Sig and you hit someone twice with it, they're dead because you just need to do 21 Commander damage. So like Rune Chanter, Rune Chanter's Pike does a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought, I mean, the whole the whole theory behind the pike was lots of spells, and if I put this on Sig relatively early and attack, there will almost always be someone at the table that I can, like, dome for four with first strike that won't be able to block effectively, and I'll draw my card. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you kill Sig, he's cheap enough that I'll just replay him. Like, that was sort of where the theory, that and Inkmoth Nexus, but... So, Ben, Ben, for what it's worth, I actually really like playing, like, three mana or less commanders for that reason, is I see people playing, like, six mana commander, some big dragon or whatever, and they play it one time, and it dies, and then it costs eight, and they're like, oh, God, this is going to be my whole turn for the rest of the game. Like, it doesn't matter how many lands I have out, eight mana is going to be almost, like, you know, more than half yeah. for the rest of the game, right? So... People are typically casting those commanders like once or twice, maybe. But a two, three mana commander, you're just like, oh, I'll just play this three times. Who cares? Whatever. And that's and the, and, and me and Mike were even talking about before, and I think maybe you were there. I forget. Before we start recording and, and talking about like different tempo decks, and I realized recently that Geist, which is the the deck I've had forever, it's all foil. It's the, it's very shiny. Um, is basically a tempo deck in the sense that like what it does is it has you get Geist in. Geist is impossible to get rid of, right? It's a three mana hexproof creature. And even if they get rid of it, it's five mana to play it the next time. So like fine. <laughs> um and then just be it like it does just low enough damage that people stop really paying attention to it, right? And he's attacking for two commander damage and four angel damage that you can split between two different players, or use the angels to kill planeswalkers or whatever you need to. And so you like slowly just chip away at people, and they don't really pay. And they like because you're attacking multiple people at once, they kind of are able to kind of not get as mad. It, I've noticed like that, like they don't because like classically, Michael brought this example is that if I attack someone with a two, two randomly, they'll just because because in commander, there's uh, decision fatigue, right? You don't want to attack anyone in the way that like in regular magic, when new players are playing, they don't like attacking, right? You just feel bad or you don't know who to choose and who should be the person you start attacking. And right, so as right, soon as right. you like give someone an excuse, they now have an excuse, right? Oh, you attacked me with a two, two. Now I know I can attack you. I'm going to waste my resources to go after you. Geist benefits from that in two ways. One, it avoids it by kind of spreading the hate. And then two, it like, it's a commander like other commanders can be that, you know, in a tempo fight, you sometimes maybe want to pick a fight with someone, right? Where you're putting yourself in a position where now you're going after each other and the other two players will ignore you too because they want you to waste your resources on each other. And if you can build a deck that can do that, while building resources during that fight. That's why uh, Edric, I think, is a really good example of someone that does this, where you're drawing cards due to this fight, so you can get an advantage from being in combat 1v1 that then lets you not die after that battle and you've expended some resources to kill someone. Um, And I think there's different ways to kind of accomplish that. On that note, I'll ask you guys both, because I'm actually curious about this. So when I think tempo, like traditional 1v1 tempo, I tend to think like you're you're trying to eke out a small enough advantage turn after turn that you will win the game just before your opponent stabilizes and comes back. That's like, you, you'll probably get there by keeping them slightly off balance, getting in for that extra point per turn or keeping them one land off or whatever it is, uh, enough turns in a row that you'll just quite get there. And they'll look at what happened and they'll be like, none of the things that happened to me seem 
powerful enough, but you strung them together just right and you got me, right? So when I think about doing that in Commander, it's kind of what I talked about a second ago, but here's the problem. Um, the effects and those advantages we're talking about of let's say gaining a half a card or let's say it's getting in one extra point of damage against three people at once, they don't really work using the traditional tempo cards that were created for 1v1 magic. I mean, I think the commander sets have been such a boon for commander players for exactly that reason. They're literally created to empower you to be able to sort of fight that fight against a bigger table. And so if you're scaling up the effect, let's just pretend of like, I don't know what like a good example is like Psychonic Rift. a single waste, like a single wasteland. Like, okay, Psych Rift is amazing, but like let, everybody knows that. But like in 1v1, if I wasteland your important land to keep you off a of color, if I do the same thing in a game of Commander and I, and I wasteland you, Alex, and a table of four to keep you off an important color, A, you have way more time to recover, so who cares? But B, I've just won for one to your land. Like, who cares? That effect doesn't matter really very much in a longer game with multiple opponents. So you need something that's like all players sacrifice a land or all players pay an extra one for all lands they control or they sacrifice them something else like that is what you really need uh, right I, no i i don't know if i agree with that I, I mean yes there's there's some disadvantage but you want to do it in a you want to do it in a strategic way it's almost more like finding pressure points when you're fighting someone versus trying to like outmaneuver them i guess where in, in the sense that like most of the time, you're right, just like like in a classic Delver of Secrets legacy wasteland matchup, the classic I play Delver on turn one and then I just wasteland you out of the game doesn't work in Commander, right? But the like way Ghost Quarter is used in Modern or, or Field of Ruin is used in Modern even better, which is more like I just killed that land that you will need to win or like I'm stopping you from playing this card that will win you the game in the long run or immediately and therefore... I've used this resource A to the benefit of the group, and maybe there's some benefit in that way, um, or B just am able to like stop like losing. Like it, if your opponent was going to win, it doesn't matter if you're down a card because you're no longer losing, right? Like so, so quite, there's... quite literally the example of last night that if I had drawn Wasteland at any point in time, combined with the other effects that I had, and I had just like wastelanded your glacial chasm and then recoiled your maze of it and then attacked you with my piked up ink moth nexus i probably would have just won the game right. like i, did, right. I just like so, basically needed wasteland uh i i guess i have two things one is that yeah you have to ignore a lot of what your opponents are doing in commander if you're playing any control element even if you're not playing control even if you're playing a deck that you would characterize as tempo if you have reactive cards you really have to pick your spots because you have one Swords of Plowshares or one Counterspell or one, you know, Ghastly Demise if you're feeling spicy or something. And you have, <laughs> you have, uh, I've definitely played that in Commander. I love it. <laughs> I love one mana removal in Commander. That's why Ghastly Demise came to mind. And um, one Scred, it's another favorite of mine in Commander. You, uh, you have so many opponents doing so much stuff that, like, you have to make sure you get the most out of that card, right? Like, you know, in 1v1, you can kind of, like, fire it off and, like, draw a couple cards and you'll get another one and that'll be enough. But, like, in Commander 2 might not be enough. Like, you have to really pick your spots to use your interaction um, on stuff that's going to win the game or stuff that's going to lose the game or stuff that's going to, like, put somebody so far ahead. And kind of that takes knowing Commander a little bit, right? Like, in Modern, it's the same thing, is if you're playing blue-white control and your opponent, you know, plays something and you have a counterspell in hand, but it's your only counterspell, you're like, well... I have to evaluate, like, is this Ren and Six really going to kill me? Do I need to Logic Knot it right now? Or should I save this Logic Knot for the Liliana that's coming down next turn? Or, like, you know, you can kind of play around it a little bit based on your because knowledge of your deck. 
and of the format because all the cards are so good sort of is that like because because i had that i had that moment last night right where like there's lots of things going on like do i manage rain this progenitus or do i and then like once alex finally got to that final turn where he was like i'm doing x y and z my one thought was like i don't care if he genesis waves here because i'm trying to just win and kill him and like right. he can cast all the things he wants but if i like he can have 13 permanents in play but if one of them doesn't stop me from doing my one two punch of killing with Inkbond Texas, why do i care Right. Like, so I think that's it. You have to play to your outs in Commander, same as any format. But the, the tricky part is that like it's it plays out differently in Commander. I would also say that like the, the whole tempo, like gaining half a card, just spending your mana more efficiently than your opponent in order to like get a leg up on them and then barely beat them, you know, grab victory from the jaws of defeat. Alex was kind of touching on this earlier, and this is something that like a lot of old school magic players, like from the nineties, who are like competitive in the nineties now complain about, is that magic nowadays in every format modern standard not quite legacy but it's starting to be like that a little bit more um and commander is all about haymakers right and you got to play your uro or your like big cool planeswalker your teferi hero of dominaria or something you gotta like you gotta do something big and splashy that just makes whatever your opponent doing not matter uh, to an extent um a lot of the time like it's hard to just kind of get by on small advantages when your opponent is just like oh i just top decked my uro i'll like get back in the game game three get a land get it back from the graveyard do it again uh now you have to answer this oh I'll just escape it like think there's just such big effects being printed now um that kind of take over the game themselves that they can kind of invalidate a lot of those small edges uh and i think if you want to be good at magic in any format, you kind of have to adjust to that a little bit nowadays, I think. You either have to, like, make sure you have answers for that stuff, but even then, like, if you if your opponent plays Uro and you immediately cling to Bested out of their graveyard, they're still up a card, and they're up three life. And you're up some mana, I guess, but... And, and, and so, like, yeah, it's more about trying to figure out, to me, what makes... Why do you like that tempo gameplay, right? Where... You know, mm. it, to me, it feels like you enjoy that playstyle more because you feel like you're outmaneuvering your opponent in, in in ways that they don't have a way to kind of that lets you use your intelligence to be able to kind of beat the game in a way that makes it feel like there's a lot of interaction back and forth. But you were able to eke out enough of an advantage and win. Right. So one of the like top answers for the question, like, how do you play tempo and commander uh, was you know, threaten effects, right? Or, or, or effects like Yasova was a great example. I know Michael has had Yasova built a few different I do have a Yasova Dragon Claw deck, um, yep. And then I recently built the second Kest deck I have, which is Kest Does Crimes, purely because I got sick of um, Kest. People really want to play against Kest, me playing it because it's my name and whatever, and we've previewed it now twice. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to play something a little bit more casual. And, and I have a, I've had a um, Silmgar like clones and mind control and like every card I'm playing is a, a, a really taking opponents threats and making it my own deck. And yeah. it's really good against anyone, right? Because it's always going to be as powerful as the person I'm playing against. And it's never my fault. <laughs> um, so I thought maybe I can apply that to cast and also wanted to take advantage of adventure cards and a few other things. And so it ends up being this cool aristocratic threaten effects, blink effects, the like blink things that I've threatened to get to keep them. And it has the most tempo-y feel to maybe Magic I've played in Commander in a long time. Because it's a lot of, like, I'm playing incremental advantage effects that are comboing my, with my other incremental advantage effects to take your stuff. 
And now I'm taking your resources to make resources for myself, which then kind of negates the fact that I'm playing against three people. And there's like building off of that. And I think Yosova plays in a similar way. Or when I played against Yosova back in the day, it felt like like you were taking what I was doing and taking advantage of it in a way that felt very back and forth. And it's it's a way to like spend your mana more efficiently. Clones and threatens and mind controls and stuff like that. Because like if, if you spend six mana on Grave Titan and I play Phantasmal Image to copy your Grave Titan, I'm, like, way ahead on mana, and I'm way ahead of every player, because I just got a massive effect from my two mana. It does, like, relying on your opponents can be a little bit scary, but I do think that's, like, kind of a way to get an advantage that really does affect all your opponents. Like, you're just getting so much for your mana that there's no way that, like, all the mana generated by your opponents is even, like... So now I play this Phantasmal Image and copy your Grave Titan, and then I also play you know, something else, or I hold up a counter spell or whatever, and now I'm, like, spending my mana so efficiently, I'm, like, kind of getting that tempo advantage that you get in other formats by, like, removing your opponent's three-mana threat with a one-mana spell or whatever. I was just gonna say, but, like, you mentioned, like, a Phantasmal Image, like, cloning a Grave Titan, like, that's great, you get the same effect, but I would imagine paying two more mana to take their Grave Titan yeah. is even better, right? Like, because, like, that now you're now you're, you're affecting their board, but you're also getting a huge threat on your board. It's like a like that, like that effect in a in a multiplayer game is like even even that much better because like right. now you've made someone like vulnerable to someone else on their next turn, right? It depends too, right? Like there's ways to mitigate a multiplayer having counter magic in a way that's different than one v one, where it's almost the threat of having it is worth something that normally it wouldn't be. Where it's like, don't do that thing to me, do it to someone else because I have a counter spell, and you don't know I have a counter spell, but I have two blue up and I've held it open for four turns. And been talking about it. <laughs> yeah, there's always a little bit of bargaining where, like, you can say, you know, oh, don't attack me or I'll do this. Uh, I feel like some people get pretty annoyed with that. And sometimes they'll, like, that back that can backfire on you. But they're, you know, it, it, it is a way to spend your resources efficiently. If you can be like, I have this thing, so don't hurt me or whatever. You can, like, get by with never casting the card and not spending any mana, not spending any cards. And kind of avoiding uh, bad things happening to you. And, and my, my point more there was that man efficiency is important. I mean, uh, uh, Vincent um, from Pleasant Kenobi just did a whole video on how people should stop playing with any lands that enter the battlefield tapped in their commander deck because just losing the tempo on turn five of playing your five drop because you had to play a guild gate or something or, or even something that's a little bit more powerful that comes into play like a temple. Um is puts you that much farther back right like on, on one hand you can say if people are playing so large things your two mana thing versus fourth mana thing doesn't matter but on the other hand you paying two you being able to like out play cards from your opponent does matter right the tempo of that is is valuable in commander if i get to play three spells a turn to my opponent's one spell a turn and the power level of the cards we're talking about are high enough that like my two drop is probably as powerful as their five drop in a lot of a lot of the time, or it's not hard to make that happen. Phantasmal image uh, is a great example of that. That like you can take advantage of that. Like there is benefits to tempoing out and getting to play, draw a bunch of cards and get to play three of them a turn versus your opponent who's playing one card a turn. Well, I think also to add to that, Alex, like you know that's like that's a conversation that in Highlander Gauntlet you and I were having more recently was like the sort of mana base in a hundred card format where you have to stretch all your lands across anybody who's watching, who doesn't know it's like you build 600 card decks. There's no repetitions between the six decks. The reserve list is the ban list. Um, and you have to stretch all of your good lands over six decks. And so like in that format, the conversation we all were having for a while was like, 
Well, you know, you have to be able to fix your mana. So these temples and these tap lands, they seem, you know, try lands, they seem fair enough to play. But like, I would always look at my deck and be like, no, I'll play a terrible untapped land that gets me more than one color because like, I want to maximize my mana every single turn. This is a 1v1 format. And like, <laughs> I think that commander players maybe sometimes look at their, their decks and be like, well, I'll have time because if I'm like not doing anything and I'm a little slower and my land is tapped, I like won't get killed right away. So I can kind of recover and like play these like less effective lands. But what you really want to do is play an untapped land and do nothing and then kind of catch up and then kill everyone. Like, <laughs> like, like playing, playing like tap things where you're like, I can get away with being slower and playing these kind of slow, bad cards. Like that's just not as good. Like your deck is not as good if you're doing that, like play the politics correctly and play better cards and you'll probably win more. I mean, I guess, like, you know, this doesn't necessarily have to do with lands, because lands are purely utility. But I do think that, like, Commander is not always about playing the best thing. And that's where the difference between, like, CEDH or competitive EDH versus regular Commander comes in, where it's like, if everybody was playing, like, an optimal deck, we would all be, like, you know, um, demonic consultationing in the Thassa's Oracle, or we would all be playing a bunch of stacks pieces, or, you know, mana vaults and crypts, and, you know, playing timna and thrasios or whatever like you know there there are people have gotten the format to a point where there is an optimal metagame like you would see in modern or standard or another competitive format but that's not the way that most people play most people play with like a lot more self-expression and they play a lot more like kind of loosey-goosey and the reason for that is that playing like i said earlier playing optimally is so hard because there's so many variables with so many opponents um that i think like it's more fun personally to just play a little more loose and just play cards that I like to play with. And, you know, maybe Sig River Cutthroat is not the best blue-black commander for the strategy that you're going for, but if you think Sig River Cutthroat is a cool card, then you want to try and make it work. I think that's what commander is about for me. Alex and, and, and Michael, before you respond to that, because I'm curious to know, just based on what you just said, Michael, I think this is an important thing to ask. Is commander about winning? Or, I mean, is it more about winning than anything else? Or is, is winning secondary? Do you think to most experience most players experiences when they're playing i think that varies from player to player for me i think that a game is less fun if everybody is not trying to win uh i think that's where like kind of the battle of wits aspect of any game of any kind video game board game card game tag sport whatever uh <laughs> I think that, like, if everybody is trying to win, it, like, truly becomes a contest that is, like, more interesting and fun to me. But that said, like, I think when I'm building my deck, I think making something that I think is cool try to work is different. But once I'm sitting down, I'm going to, like, use my resources as best I can and try and win in general. Uh, but I also think that Commander is a lot about social interaction, and that's why I play that versus a, a, a one-versus-one format. And that's the reason that I try and... I, like, it's a big strength of the format, and I think you would be missing out if you didn't kind of like have the kind of timmy social interaction aspect of it um so in the forefront so this is this is kind of a question that like the 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 ranking scale i don't know if you've seen any of this drama on the internet's been but basically like at magic fest or at at in the command zones at gps they had kind of these ranking systems where you would rank your deck one to 10, right? And 10 was meant to be kind of CDH and one was all the way down to like super casual or like I just bought a pre-con, right? And then everything in between. I think pre-cons were like threes or fours. One was like, this is my chair tribal deck. The art of every card has a chair in it right. or whatever. And, right? like, 
and I'm playing and, this random legends card that's a vanilla seven six as my commander because I think it's funny or like and and, and a lot of people think like like it, ranking decks is like there there are people that like were very against ranking your deck because that never works and it's always subjective and I think part of the issue for me personally is that it's too subjective right like or it's too granular right one through ten is so many different numbers and I think there's like really four different I like like using the halo difficulty ranking which is normal heroic easy and legendary or whatever and it's like I think that normally like and and CDH. I think you actually would really like CDH. I think like, I think there is something, it is something that you would enjoy about that version of the format. And and I, it would actually be really interesting to get like some of the CDH people that I'm friends with to do one of our streams and then just like provide lists to us that like we get to like, we'll, we'll like proxy out, we'll go to the office and print it out and try them out. Cause I think you would enjoy the like extreme version of commander that is about winning and is like much more about playing like wait wait let me like 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 very much like legacy and vintage in in and and plays even like 1v1 magic more than regular commander does to answer your original question i i i'm playing commander to win i mean i i I don't want to play against i don't want to play commander to win in a like dbz like vegeta versus like a a town of humans kind of way where it's like my deck is so much more powerful that it's not fun for anyone i want the game to be good but i'm playing the game i'm trying to aim for the same power level that i am at and then beat my opponents on purpose like i'm never like trying to just have a good time right it's like when you show up to a modern tournament and you play against somebody playing a standard deck because they like don't know what modern is and they just like showed up to the shop and they're like can i play and the shop keeps like yeah this is legal and you just like totally crush them because they're playing like you know (laughs) which has happened to me and it feels really bad like i didn't enjoy that match right like i've like the reason i built kess crimes versus kess volume one is because i would play against people that like had pre-cons and were excited to play against one of us and play against the Kest deck because it's the one that, that I've made. And then it's like, oh, I just storm off with Thousand Year Storm and like a bunch of dark rituals <laughs> I've copied. And I'm like, this right, 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 right. It's, it's, it's less like it's less like cool. It's more just like really oppressively good. Right. And, like, and so like I built Kest Crimes because it's like, oh, I'm stealing your creature. So whatever precon you bought, I get your whatever card, and it's never going to be better than what you're doing. But like I'm doing silly things, and it's fun um so it, it does well, so, my intent is to win but my intent is to win at the power level my opponents are at yeah so i think um when you when you bring up uh, cedh i think with the question that kind of that brings to mind for me because i would agree honestly like based on my experience having played highlander i think that makes sense right like it's a there's you're adding one variable to 1v1 magic i love singleton I and mean, i'm gonna literally tonight when we're done with the show i'm gonna go on twitch and i'm gonna <laughs> go stream maybe some of that uh gladiator magic nonsense Ooh, you guys were there's a new about. band i like, kind of want to do band. that field of the dead was banned today so do not build the deck around field of the dead so field of dead and oko are now fun. the two the card is very card. not fun anyway so you're not missing out on much yeah you missed that in so, the band conversation, like, Michael, but Field we I brought up your point that Field of the Dead sucks. It sucks. But like I, hate it. I have I'm 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 like a big fan of 1v1. I think like I think Singleton 1v1 is awesome. It's like so much fun. And so when you mention CEDH, what comes to mind for me is that like I, I believe you're correct. However, if I was to build a good like you know, CEDH deck and enjoy it and then come on here and be like, it was so much fun to play EDH 1v1 competitively. Oh no, sorry. CDH really is, solve- CDH is four player. Oh, oh, oh. C- CDH is, is is a like taking commander 
to its natural conclusion of trying to do the most power. Everyone is trying to do the most powerful thing, period, at all times for players still. Oh, I thought I thought it was sorry. I thought it was competitive EDH. I thought it was the one v one version. No, so, no, that's French. Like, that's uh, French commander. That's French commander. And CEDH has basically overshadowed it because there's a lot of really popular uh, CDH creators, and there are not a lot of popular French commander creators. Or if there are, they're not in the they're not US based. So. <laughs> Okay, so I'm I was gonna, hanging I'm out with like Josh record. and Jimmy and Kyle and those yeah. guys kind of recently, and I was out at the at the command zone house and we were playing commander. They all were like, "We have our we have our like tier one or whatever, like our like play to win decks. Should we play a game of that?" And it was like somebody brought out like um uh what the hell is the name of the the Jeskai commander? There's also a a, a blue white planeswalker of Narset. Narset, yeah, Narset. Somebody it was it was like okay, these are like the things where I try to like win on turn two, turn three types of types of decks and i was like oh this is interesting it's like a little aggressive but like it's gonna be over fast <laughs> so 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 it's it's closer to vintage like right like that's i guess where i would comp it where it's like there is the game ends by turn five but what happens between turn one and five is way more intense than a normal game of magic i would also say that my experience with jimmy and josh unless this has gotten different um which they might have because they've had more more exposure they're most competitive decks are probably within the heroic uh level they're like their their most competitive decks are like eights or nines yeah whereas like there are tens <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah tens exist up until up until like three weeks like flash hulk uh so like a lot of the times they're playing partner commanders right where it's like I did play against a Hopa Garriper CDH deck during the Command Fest, where it was like all colorless cards, but it was like a it was a it was an artifact base, and they were using Hopa Garriper to make it so their opponents didn't kill them. Um, it was much more stacksy, but it, that was basically playing um, uh, what's the what's the guy who reveals a bunch of artifacts and taps for mana? And legacy, uh, he's colorless or legacy. You reveal cards from your hand if they're metal worker. Metal worker. It was like basically legacy metal worker. It was like literally playing that. deck. Yeah, and you're like you're like tangle wiring yes, or yeah. winter orbing and playing a bunch shock, of mana rocks yeah. so you get around the downside and then you just like sundering titan or something sundering titan's banned but yes yeah basically <laughs> oh man it used to be unbanned i can't keep track like <laughs> i play in games where people wouldn't play sundering titan, right, right right like I've, i that's the that's the commander community i've cultivated so and, i don't even know and so there's like and anymore. and and the metagame is a little bit in flux, right? Because Flash Hulk was uh, a very, very large player until very recently. They had to ban Flash. But, like, basically, like, you know the Flash Hulk combo? Yep. Yeah, yeah. and, like, Thassa's Oracle is a big feature in this format. And um, Demonic Consultation is legal for some reason. And so, like, there's, like, like cards you Just love see a lot of play. And, and, and people play with a lot of, like, the cantrips that you love see a lot of play in this type of format, right? Because it's much more about finding early the cards you need to make sure you can win um but like or, or that you cannot lose in the case of a control deck like yeah. everything happens very quickly like in legacy or vintage where like it's turn you know it's my opponent's turn two my turn one and the stack's like three spells deep because like there's a mental misstep in a daze and like <laughs> and and the table is meant to be trying to win so it is easier to assume the play patterns of people that are playing. It's not like regular commander where it's like, I don't care, whatever. Uh, I'll just like maze of it this person so that they like can't kill a person. Ha <laughs> ha, fun, right? They're, like that doesn't happen. They're like, no, we're murdering each other. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So like what you're saying is basically that the resources that you are using, you're, you're like employing to try to win or gain advantage are important enough in this format that you can't just frivolously, for the sake of politics, give one away. Because if you do, you're, the power level of the other decks means you probably will lose. So, like, 
if I have some really powerful deck, like this Hope of Garapper Metal Worker deck, it sounds super sweet. It sounds mm -hmm. totally right up my alley and like really fun. And I go for it, but like one of my opponent's Force of Wills me, my chain stops. Now I have to try to recover the next turn to like put my whole you know thing back together. They're doing that because presumably I'm going to win on my turn and kill everyone, mm -hmm. or they're doing that because they're like, that's kind of, that's the way it works. So like how many extra levels of interaction do you need if you want to just like, not lose to the rest of the table. I have, <laughs> like I have how many extra a, I played a total of two CDH games in my life, both with decks that I've played zero. I don't know anything about it except what I've like heard <laughs> am... secondhand. But it, interesting. It, I mean, I can guess based on yeah. I, I when I was working at uh, at Heidi Ho, there was a group that used to come and play, and I would like kind of like come and look at their game when I wasn't too busy. But I didn't like 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 there's Doomsday okay. decks, Involved. right? There's Storm decks. There's Artifact Shops decks. There's Temp. There's there's oh like... yeah, somebody was playing a Cast Storm deck. They like resolved the Mind's Desire. It was pretty gross. Like I've thought of building a Cast ED CDH deck as a third Cast deck just so i have like that as well like there are you're gonna name that deck all your cast decks have have names would you name the cdh cast is there a cast and cdh cast to cdh nint nint mage i don't know there'll be something it'll be sleeve based where the sleeves are uh yeah so i think like ben to go back to your question there is like there are stock lists, right? Like it is a format where people will talk to each other about like, oh, this is my Thrasio stock list. I added these two different cards and those two different right. cards are a legitimate difference in deck style because the deck has six tutors. So being able to get something with demonic tutor, or whatever, I would say that the Tomio deck that I played has actually gone is the deck of the decks I have that has gone in CDH toe to toe the most. Um, and even then it was like the weakest at the table by like a margin. Well, I think, I guess what I like about any kind of competitive deck building format where it's like you have the ability to be somewhat creative is that I like the idea you can come up with like playing a single card that feels like it's your invention. I mentioned it earlier on the show, but you know, Suffer the Past is a good example where like, I love that card, but Suffer the Past is also like the perfect card for SIG because you know, the X, they, I gain life, they lose life, which means like at instant speed, as long as I'm doing it for, you know, X is three or more, I'm going to presumably be like countering your effect by exiling three cards from your graveyard, gaining three, you lose three. And because you lost three, I'm going to draw a card off the SIG, which is like, that's the, that's so cool. It's so like dink and dunk, but janky, but it's also like stuff of the past is better in a SIG commander deck than most places it will ever be because like you're using it at instant speed at the exact right moment. Mm -hmm. And so I really like to be able to play creatively like that formats that are too powerful where you can't come up with some shenanigans uncommon like that are not my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, I mean, CDH sounds cool. It does sound like the power level is a little bit maybe harder for me to mess around with like medium level cards. Um, Ish, right? Like you do get some of a shell available to you. It's more like modern, right? Where like, yes, if I, when you have lost bets, you had gone to GPs where I was like, here's a yes. stock list. You did better, but you can still get away with weird stuff and brew and, and it is a singleton format, right? So there's way more slots available to try stuff out. And, and, and there are groups um, that I am going to look up the name on Facebook for our listeners uh, to join that are like CDH focused and, and definitely the, the main resource I go, go follow the spike feeders podcast. They, and YouTube channel, they do like awesome commander content all the time. Um, and 
and specifically about com- competitive, like they're they're the they're the one of the main podcasts about CEDH, right? That's what they focus on. Yeah, what I would recommend is is beyond just Spike Feeders, also uh, Braden Bowdish is one of the I think he owns the group. If you're not, he's one of the admins of the MTG Competitive EDH um, uh, group, and that that is another good resource for like competitive EDH. And they're they're the ones that will, like post lists every day on like what kind of builds they're doing, and they'll go over like with new commanders that come out, especially right now because. Like, one reason everything is in flux is because they keep printing such powerful stuff, <laughs> especially Legends, right, right, right. right? Like, that, like, literally Keenan is, like, throwing all of, all of Commander in general is being thrown up in the air because Keenan exists, but com- EDH uh, is Even one of those. Brawl, I hate playing against Keenan Yeah, that card is dumb. It's the, it's the, it's the real Emperor of... <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the blue-green 2-2 two, two that has the 7-mana yeah. effect, right? Yeah. All, all things that tap, tap, on, like, do it twice or something, right? I can't remember exactly. What it, it adds is. one more. Yeah, one Whenever more. Whenever you tap a non-land permanent for mana, add one more. And then it also has a mana sink stapled onto it for some reason. You can pay seven to look at the top X cards of your library. I don't remember how many and put a non-human into play. Yeah, it's really annoying because, like, even if they just have a handful of, like, mana dorks and lands, uh, that's enough and they win. Hey! <laughs> right. And, and, that's, and that's kind of, like... But there's there is a pretty thriving and there's a kind of a bad rep that CDH had it to begin with. And there's been a lot of work done, especially by community leaders in that scene to kind of move away from that is like because there's two different players, right? There's and we kind of describe them, right? There's the competitive EDH player who wants to play competitive EDH against other competitive EDH players where everyone's at the same level. Or at least is saying they're up for that type of time. And then there's like pub stompers. Which are people that like have nine decks or eight decks or ten decks or seven decks or whatever rated decks, but then go and play against three decks, right? Or like go to they go to like their local commander night and they just like start infinite comboing people with Gitrog Monster or whatever. And like and and that's 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 like one of the reasons Command Zones and Command Fest started doing this ranking system is they are trying to avoid like just total mismatches in power level, right? Because that's like... It feels like a waste of your time. Like, Commander takes longer than a a 1v1 game because there's so many people acting. It just feels like a waste of everybody's 30 minutes or whatever if you just have to sit there and watch the Gitrog guy combo off on turn four when you're playing your, like, you know, horse tribal (laughs) deck or whatever. Well, let me ask you this, because this is sort of my reverse of that feeling. Because I think the thing you're talking about... That feels like sort of the competitive lack of common sense that I think you know, some competitive people have where it's like, this will be fun for me to just go like win a bunch. But like, this is not the experience that other people are signing up for is to just get crushed by my combo deck because like X equaling Y and I win is not that hard to figure out. They could do it too. I just chose to do it. But all that being said, my thing that happens with a lot of commander games and I want to know kind of like how to I don't know if get around this or just maybe this is just what happens is like kind of last night, right? It's like you get to you get to like turn 12, turn 14, turn 15, and the game feels like it's going forever. It feels like people are kind of like a standstill. There's like a power player, a bunch of players sort of passing, not doing much. But there's so many things on the battlefield that it's like my head sort of hurts. I don't want to I don't you heard me on the show last night. Like, Alex, how many you know, what are all the cards in your graveyard? You're like, here's the 14 relevant cards. And then and they're like, oh, you know, this you return this to my hand with Psych Rift. I have these cards in hand. And it's like, yes. there's so much information. I don't know what to do. Cause already in 1v1, if you have like 13 creatures, I already my head starts to hurt. I already don't know what to do in 1v1. Like, so when there's so many variables, it starts to be like, 
I can't really interact with everything. I have to just ignore everything else and just try to win by myself. But that's not optimal magic. Ignoring everything else and trying to win by myself is a good, that's a good rule to get just like dunked on, basically. Well, ish. I mean, like people argue modern is that at times. But I, so there's there's a few answers to that, right? A, digital magic is harder. That, that This is a solution I don't have. The solution I have is COVID going away, right? <laughs> is like, you don't have my graveyard available to see in an easy way that you can just pick up and look at whenever you need to, or I had it laid out in a way that you could like look at it. You had to actually had me read it every time, which just sucks. Welcome to Commander. There's cards that like don't work because they are literal like, like a, a Villainous Wealth is a card that most people have had to take out of their decks because it just doesn't work in digital magic. Uh, like uh, di- World paper, paper, camera. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, 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 not like Magic the Gathering online. Magic. Like, yeah, Magic Online Villainous Wealth works fine. Yeah, yeah. Because if I cast Villainous Wealth targeting players in the world that I am in right now, I have no way of getting their cards into play under my control because <laughs> they're in in Tappy's case and mind controls and stuff get complicated like that even like even just control magic on alex's creature it's like on his camera and he has to like turn it around or and i something. reckon i recommend infinite tokens uh hashtag not sponsored <laughs> which are their their tokens that have dry erase they're made out of the dry erase material so you can write whatever you want on them and they're very useful for digital magic in general um a lot of shout outs this episode yeah but but to kind of answer your question there's different answers to it right the one 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 answer is what i have gotten to in my time which is i'm playing control decks that avoid the attack step right like i I don't have to deal with your attacky creatures if i make it so blocking attacking me is unprofitable with a ghostly prison or i know classically you hate the attack i hate the attack you and i I kind of share it i like it when i have like one creature and you can't block but like otherwise i also hate it yeah i don't want to do creature combat that's something i'm not into (laughs) so how do i (laughs) yeah exactly i'm not here for that counting is overrated um can go the way of trees um but uh the um so that's one answer right like is 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 working to create board states where just attacking you is unprofitable and you're or, trying to win that's, through that's another reason to play board wipes is it saves space in your head there's been plenty of times where a board is too big and i don't necessarily think that people are going to attack me because like i have some creatures of my own that can block and it would be a messy combat or maybe like you know, I it's like a player that I know they're mad at somebody else for destroying their enchantment or whatever, and so I know who they're going to attack. But things are just getting too complicated. There's too many variables. Somebody could turn on me at any moment, or like if one player attacked me and then the next player attacked me, I'd be dead. And I just, I don't want to think about all of this. Day of Judgment, or whatever, you know. Um, but those are play styles, right? Like if you really want to play Glacial Chasm or Ensnaring Bridge or Day of Judgment to try and invalidate large swaths of opponents' cards, that is that is one way to play. But if you don't want to play like that, you kind of said this earlier, you kind of need a shortcutting. And so you you were shortcutting. You knew which of Alex's cards mattered, right? You knew that he was a big threat because right. of his board. You knew that Glacial Chasm and Maze of Ith were going to stop you from killing him with Inkmoth Nexus. So you knew, you like shortcutted in your head, I need to kill Alex, this is what I need to do to kill him. And I think those shortcuts are really important in Commander because it can save you a lot of cognitive space. Knowing every single card in somebody's graveyard is just like, even in paper, it's just not... like People just have like 25-card deep graveyards, you have three opponents, and you can play like Relic of Regenitus or something to invalidate that whole class of cards. But it's it's easier to just kind of shortcut. Like, know what's important. Know like, okay, well, I don't know every card in that person's graveyard, but I know they have a Crater Hook Behemoth, so I need to watch out to see if they're going to reanimate it. Or, or, you know... You need to know what's important in the game. And I think part of that is knowing Commander. 
And even without a lot of experience, you knew which of Alex's cards were important. What what was stopping you from killing him and what was going to kill you? And that's really all you need to know for the most part. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's like the that, that's like where the sort of similarity to the relevant 1v1 formats I understand and like comes in. It's like he was doing things. I mean, Alex, everything you did last night, they're all things that you do in your Highlander decks. Like, that's the same stuff. I, I recognized every card, every tutor, every sequence. It's not like us playing that is that different from an EDH deck. It's more like I, if I plan on being able to like suffer the past your graveyard in response to some trigger, there's two other people that I have to deal with. So one v oneing the thing to kill you means that probably I'm vamp tutoring for that so that I can't answer the progenitus that might kill me otherwise. Which is where I mean I, that's where it gets so hard. I, I think ironically the and, and when you 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 countered the progenitus, you can't you. I'd like to remind the class that you countered it more because you wanted 10 mana for mana drain than anything it else. Super sick. It just, seemed, yeah. it just like, seemed cool, though. I like How did, many I opportunities do you get 10 mana off a of mana drain? Yeah, like, that's worth like it. Even if you it. didn't spend it, it was worth it, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think that, like, and, and, and to, the, the other side is I do think CDH has less of an issue with, right? There's, there's, there is a thing that happens in more casual circles of magic that, like... A, I'm a rarer player in the sense that I like being a control player and commander, and people generally sometimes don't love that, either being that player and that challenge or having to deal with that person because they like doing their things. And there's a lot of, like, turtling, right? And CDH doesn't have that as much, and larger power-level formats don't have that as much, but the, like, mid-tier, which I think is the space that you will have the least amount of fun, um, is is in that kind of, like, we're just here to have fun um, side of things, unless you were playing something like a temp... Well, the one place that you might have fun is that's a place that, like, cool tempo decks or, like, Kesta's Crimes um, has a little bit more play, where it's, like, you get to be a little bit more jockeying around people for position. But I think you, you would really appreciate some of the more high-power-level stuff, especially because in those formats, people are trying to win, right? Not even just CDH, but the, like, the Josh, Jimmy... Uh, uh, level power level of magic, which is like their power level of magic was created by me and Craig to start with, right? Like <laughs> we taught them how to play commander and we were both playing at that power level. And so they kind of adopted starting there and then have gotten better from there, right? So I think that's where you would probably have more fun where people are just trying to win. Um, I can't promise that I'm always going to be a good time because I'm trying to not lose generally. <laughs> it, it does depend though, Alex, because Ben wants to get away with playing some jank too. Sure. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's right. true. Right. And I don't it's think like, like, like you like have to balance. You have to balance like the desire to win, and you don't want to just like be dirtling around too much, and like, oh well, I'll just not attack for one turn because I, you know, I want to see what you have to do or whatever. Like, if you want to avoid that, but you also want to get a play with playing some jank, it's a little, it's a little more difficult, you know. And some of it's just sometimes playing, you have to put up with it. <laughs> some of it's playing games, right? Like j jank is still totally fine. It's just figuring out like how to take advantage of that right I, I to be honest what's the x graveyard card that you've now mentioned four times and have killed me with multiple suffer, times? The past. Suffer, suffer the past suffer the past that card's it's, nuts. it's been well versus you alex i know no i that card is very very good and i think is totally playable in commander like in fact very playable in commander um and i would recommend you keep doing it <laughs> against my personal enjoyment <laughs> um need, need well i think what's funny TH. about that card just like just just so people understand sort of where that comes from because i think this is like a decent portal for a quick second into for, like for audio only can you X. can you say what the card does yeah, yeah it's one black x instant um exile x target cards from target opponent's graveyard and that opponent loses x life you gain x life um and so 
so basically like the whole premise of, of, of Highlander, our little six deck format we play is like, it's one V one. It's highly competitive. You have very good cards. And so you are trying to figure out ways to kind of cut your, you know, to, to cut the edges and make sure you have ways to not lose to burn. You want to make sure that graveyard decks don't wreck you. You want to make sure that aggro decks don't just destroy you. And so you need to have like X number of answers in every single deck plus tutors and all those things. And so like, you're constantly looking for things that sort of have utility against multiple strategies, which is where like, I was like, stuff of the past. Okay. Like if I do this, even I just do it for like three against a burn deck, it invalidates one burn spell. It maybe gets rid of something out of their graveyard that probably doesn't matter, but like best case scenario, like it helps further my game plan of killing you and gains me some life against like a resurrection deck. It's just amazing. Right. right? Like, well, and commander is, like the chances that you play a commander deck and someone doesn't utilize their graveyard is extremely low right like, yeah and that's that's right? like, so like it's yeah you can hate have hate cards be a little bit better in commander because there are going to be more strat different strategies you play with it every game yeah tormod's crypt is an all-star in my uh, favorite commander deck uh the scariest card you played literally all last night was ashiok <laughs> i remember that everybody freaked out when they I, saw the ashiok i literally spent well, so he, every resource i had countering it four times <laughs> Well, the, the, the first time I let it resolve, I could have countered your counter, and I like was like, no, I'll let him think that he's defeated me, but I still have the stuff of the past that I'll save. I should have just... I mean, like, like so for the record, when I tried to cast it, Glacial Chasm and Maze of Ith were both in play. So, like, I it wasn't going to do the trick for me yet. Like, that if I resolved that I wasn't going to get what I wanted that turn. You would have had to, like, let some stuff happen and keep it in play for me to be able to, like, get what I wanted out of it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not... I, I don't think you not fighting for it too hard was necessarily the wrong decision with the information you had at the time. It, it, it just like, I, from my perspective, like my deck is all tutors and graveyards <laughs> yeah, and lands yeah, and play. Yeah. <laughs> and that card negates all of that single-handedly. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it just is like, like the graveyard is good, right? Like I, I think you were playing really powerful cards last night. I don't think that, and you almost killed multiple people multiple times. Um, the only reason you didn't kill Carson, a few times was because I was untapping your maze of it because I wanted you to keep pretend like trying to fight each other so I could just win. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't even kill Carson. You frickin maze with me. You, you savage. Ooh, you swear. You bad you guy. You sweared. Marshall's good. Can we not swear on the show? No, I thought we could. We, no. we never really. We've never been able to swear on the show. So now he's going to cover it with him going frickin. <laughs> That's I had awesome. I had a stroke. Uh, okay, 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 okay. For 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 the edited feed, you freaking you freaking maze of me the turn I was going to kill Carson. Yeah, I did. I, I was I had him. I had him dead to rights, and you mazed me. You're such a jerk. Well, I got my own maze just so I could counter your maze, but it didn't work. Rashad import. You need Rashad import. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I, I do think I do think it would be really cool. We what we should do is we should reach out to Brayden and, and, and Jim from Spike Feeders uh and and see if we'd be maybe put together like a cool CDH game where maybe they both provide each of us with decks that we like get to all fight each other with. That would be fun. Um also before we ended the episode, I do want to read unless we have specific things we want to talk about, I I do want to read some of the like um advice and comments people gave towards the comment on like how do you play Tempo of Modern from Twitter. You ready? In Commander, how do you commander. play yeah. Tempo in Commander? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tempo in com uh, Commander. Commandered. <laughs> That's a word that I said. Commandoder? <laughs> uh From Ben Teamerwolf at Primal Green Thor. I love Tempo. Cards like Reigns of Power, Illusionary Gambit, and Portal Major are all criminally underplayed. I also really enjoyed Bounce to the Top of Library Effects or One-Sided Bounces like Aetherize and River's Rebuke. Don't forget Green with cards like Plow Under. Um, 
Damn, Plow Under, that's some rude magic <laughs> in any format. Um, a lot of people really liked the new uh, uh, Blue Commander that was added in um, M21, uh, which is Baron, Talarian Archmage. The blue, blue one, you bounce oh, a creature. The mana War. Yeah, the Mana War. Yeah, that draws you cards. So at the beginning of your end step, if you, a permanent was put into your hand from the battlefield, this turn draw cards. So he lets you kind of do shenanigans with that. That was brought up a lot. Um, Grant uh, Dandenu at Grant Dandenu. Uh, Olivia Voldaren is sweet. Black and red can slow people down, whether land destruction, creature destruction, or artifact uh, or artifact destruction. Mana doubles like Nirkana Revenant, Crypt Gas, and Cabal Coffers also let you kind of go off. It's a very fun deck. Um, and then I just like a ton of Edric. Everyone's high on Edric for tempo. Um, so I've had uh, some really good success with generals who help regain card advantage on their own. Namely, look at Karanos and then a partner pair that includes Krom, which is the red blue, um, uh, a partner commander. Um, I've like pairing him with Bruce Tarl, uh, because then it hits really hard. You do that, he gives double strike to things. Um, and if you need more elaboration, he offered to help Rashimi. Um, and then we got some people comment, commenting that it's hard. Uh, Adelies, the Cinderwind, which is the wizard, I think, right? It's, yeah, haste. Two that's three. I actually three. really like an like the idea of an Adelies. Yeah, Adelies, the Cinderwind, which is legend creature, human wizard, flying haste. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus one plus one until end of turn. That does like a that's lot, nice. and that does a lot with spells you like, right? Like now you're taking advantage. Every yeah, ponder. now when you play ponder, you're like overrunning. <laughs> um, and then. Um, my sage of, Ep of epitier can be just a straight up boost oh, yes. oh, yeah. what a, yeah. what a yeah. massive sage of epitier yes. what makes what makes wizard tokens what makes like like bird wizard tokens or like fairy wizard Does tokens Kaikar make wizard uh, tokens? this sounds like an excellent scryfall search yes uh, uh, that we can do off the episode and start brewing someone also brought up Kaikar, right the blue the blue white red general that makes bird tokens whenever you cast spells yeah. uh i did a douglas dj johnson at rose of thorns did send a sig river cutthroat deck uh plays very much like a delver deck yeah. trying to get an early damage stay ahead with card drawing counter spells and keep them off pace with removal spells which sounds exactly what you want to be doing um i could tag you in that <laughs> um Please do. and then uh carson brought up asking for a friend that totally isn't named ben bateman uh i don't know what he was talking about <laughs> um edric rashmi teferi mage of zalafir so the teferi creature teferi the original one um brago king eternal uh was also brought up as something that people are really really like um who's the bounce when it attacks he bounces creatures value. yeah the flyer the blue white one it, that um, card's so good a few people brought up yorion which is the companion that you can't play as a companion because it doesn't work but you can play as the commander um so you like but like very similar to brago in a lot of ways yeah there, there would be so i would probably play with brago over yorion but there's maybe reasons to do the other way I mean, personally, I there are often political reasons since a lot of times people are doing like nasty shenanigans with Brago. Um, I also like really like the new um, uh, Nyambi, uh, esteemed speaker, the new blue white flash, mm. blue white three drop. Yeah, Teferi's daughter to fairy's daughter two drop. two drop. Yeah, two, two, one for two flash when Nyambi, uh, esteemed speaker enters the battlefield. You may return another target creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, you gain life equal to that creature's converted mana cost, and you can discard a legendary card to draw two cards for three mana. Uh, that card is sweet. I would, I like, have thought of building a new blue white deck to accompany Geist just to try Nyambi out. <laughs> uh, I wish that, like, 
I guess you just put Baron in the deck with her, but her and Baron play so well together. It's like kind of a bummer that you can't have like Baron as your commander with her as a card. Instead, you got you got to Yeah, Baron goes into her. Yeah, yeah. It still works. It still happens. You still got it. Well, so for everybody who's listening, who's excited about trying out Commander, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trying it out. Uh, Cast and I, Michael, I hope we'll be doing our next stream 8:30 next Monday, which is uh, the 20th, uh, July 20th, Monday, July 20th, 8:30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be playing some more Commander. Um, I will probably be playing a different deck than Sig, but if I can't in COVID figure out a way to get a deck full of not proxies, maybe I'll just update Sig and get rid of like a lot of the crap and just try to make it better. Um, I, one I, way or another we can we can worst case scenario i can drop some decks off if you want to try like cast crimes out which i would love to see you try or i mean i could even lend you both cast decks just like drop them at the office and then you can pick them up in the in the in the dark of night when no one's there <laughs> do a pass off <laughs> we can do the logistics off the podcast. Text <laughs> michael michael what uh what deck will you be playing on the next stream because i would i would like oh, if, I'm, if you guys put me on a stream i'm gonna play my favorite commander deck of all time kumano master yamabushi <laughs> a classic kamikawa legend he is an ice that like shaman a, <laughs> that seems like it's necessary Kess. i feel like there's no an if there yeah yeah uh, as, as, michael as, there on the next one yeah i'm done yeah michael's in Unless, as long as long as Michael's schedule permits, I'm I'm more worried about yeah, dog yes, crimes. Yes, I am busy and have a puppy and obligations. Now, I will say most of the successful uh, commander streams that I watch um, generally have dogs, dog cameras, and cameras <laughs> focused on puppies that they have. So I don't have technology for a dog cam. I don't. think. That's fair, but if you were to just hold Peanut up to the camera <laughs> during stream, I believe people would be hyped. Somebody cast Day of Judgment, Peanut, eat all my permanents. Dog crimes. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, and so that's, I think, I think that's a good shout out. So, so make sure to follow us all on Twitter. I'm at Kess Wiley uh, everywhere. You guys um, can find me at Ben Bateman Media, all places. Go check out youtube.com slash nerds and suits. That's a big thing I'm doing recently. Uh, live music, uh, all kinds of cool stuff there. It's uh, interviews. It's, it's it's a dream of mine. I'm very appreciative of all of you guys that have shown up. And a big thank you to the members of House Modern. Uh, those are our patrons on patreon.com slash the MMcast. Ch- please check out. There's a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, we do meetups and there's deck techy things and there's just kind of, uh, you get the raw feed. So uh, every week when we record the episode, there's stuff. Literally Ben swore this episode. Not allowed on the regular feed. But if you go to Patreon yeah. right now, you can listen to him say a bad word. Or it is. <laughs> um and um make sure to follow uh, at, on twitch twitch.tv slash cast wiley that is where on the twitch side so when we stream commander it goes to twitch and youtube so uh you can go either way but uh twitch also if you go to cast wiley you'll get to the commander stream um and make sure if you're watching on youtube once again like subscribe hit the bell all of those things it honestly really helps and if you hit the bell you get alerted to when we do live streams we're not consistent enough um at this to be able to guarantee you'll know when it's going to happen so you you liking that bell makes it so you get an alert when it comes when we start going live um also, if you follow alex and or ben on twitter they'll typically announce before one of them is going live yep um and then also please comment we want to hear what you think a great tempo commander is or if you don't like commander why what 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 is your issue with it and and is there things that you would rather be different about commander that would make it more fun thanks everybody for watching and listening and hanging out we'll talk to you guys next week on the stream this has been a production of time traveler media sending podcasts into the future